Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 1.32 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now, which is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex, who wish you and yours all the best during these challenging and uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. We are going to head off to a River Cree Resort Casino hotline and go to our Oilers Now headliner for touchback safety. Touchback remains open for training and is taking all necessary precautions to ensure safety uh, of their staff and their clients. We welcome back to the show David Staples of the Edmonton Journal and the Cult of Hockey. Hello, David. How are you? I'm well, Bob. How are you doing? Uh, not bad. Uh, look, this is a hockey show, but right now it is uh, obviously, uh, like everything else in the world, uh, completely focused on uh, COVID-19 and the pandemic that has changed and altered our world. Just so the listeners are avail, uh, or, uh, aware of the, I would say, of the 80% of the reading and perhaps better the watching that I might do on YouTube or conversely on television. Uh, for me, it's politically driven. It's it, meaning that, you know, I want to know what's going on in the world on a day-to-day basis. The sports stuff is fine. It's awesome. I can't wait till we get back to, to discussing the minutiae of the Edmonton Oilers and who they're going to sign for the American Hockey League team next season. But we do have a bigger uh, end game at this time, and that's dealing with the, the COVID-19 pandemic. And this is part of the reason why you're a good guy to get on the show, David, because this is part of your mail you on a day-to-day basis. You, you made some pretty strong comments about how the province of Alberta has handled things, and I'd like you to shed some light on that. Well, the province of Alberta has done a fantastic job. You know, we all like to um, uh, now and then complain about governments and bureaucracy and this kind of thing, but who, who knew that the, the heroes of Alberta in uh, <laughs> April 2020, we might have thought they would be like Connor McDavid or Johnny Goodrow, but they turned out to be uh, Chief Medical Health Officer Dina Hinshaw, um, J.P. Prasad of Alberta Health Procurement, who, who in December heard rumors of the Wuhan uh, situation and started to buy extra supplies to the point where January, early in January, we, the Alberta government made a, a tens of millions of dollar purchase in medical equipment, which set, not only set Alberta up itself to handle this uh, viral outbreak, but we've been able to share $41 million worth of equipment to places in Canada that are really in need. Um, and, you know, the testing program, we've had a world-leading testing program. They were ramping up. They came up with their um, first test for this uh, in, in uh, late January, uh, well before we had a case to identify people who would get the virus. So, um, you know, the Alberta Civil Service is, frankly, they're covered in glory. And, and J.P. Prasad deserves an order of Canada. You know, he's, he's saving lives with his uh, buying of all that medical equipment that's now being shared across Canada. The guy's a national hero. So, so way to go, uh, Alberta Civil Service. 
David, I have five links built into my uh, bookmarks here that I never would have thought I would have had uh, two months ago. Okay, uh, One is the Alberta Health website which is outstanding, the Alberta Health Services website. Uh, the other is, another one is world of meter uh, for worldwide updates. Uh, another one is the, uh, uh, you know, Canada Public Health website. And then both the global uh, website as well as the CTV website specific to coronavirus. The information that is supplied on Alberta Health Services website is exceptional. Uh, and I also find that they haven't been invasive when faced with questions. Like yesterday, uh, Dr. Dina Hinshaw mentioned the fact that 30 of the 48 deaths that have occurred in the province have come from nursing homes and assisted living facilities and old age homes and that sort of thing. So, uh, and I think that's important because she was specific. And there's some other jurisdictions in this country that when it's come to this sort of thing, in my opinion, David, I wouldn't call, I, I don't want to say they're evasive because there's a negative connotation, but they haven't been enough specific enough for my liking. And then today, the province of Quebec says that 41 uh, assisted living facilities uh, old age homes in critical situations. What do you what do you what do you think of the work that Alberta's done in that regard, being upfront and direct with the numbers? And you can look it up. Every any citizen could look it up, and and maybe contrast that a bit with some of the ambiguity that at times has come from some other jurisdictions across the country, like the feds. Just been very frustrating the federal response, honestly, Bob, as compared to Alberta's response. I mean, Hinshaw. Dr. Hinshaw seems to be a master of calmly and fully explaining the risks and her decision-making process, what's factored into it, what she's thinking, why we're doing it. Our numbers have always been the best numbers in Canada, um, you know, spelling out um, things like where the, you know, initially, like, were, was it travelers that were getting this? Was it contacts with travelers? Was it, or was it unknown? like the uh, what they call community transmission of the disease. She's done a fantastic job. But I'll give you one example of like the most, the single most, like I've been working like this, like on no other news story. It's the biggest news story I've ever seen in my life. I've been in the business 35 years. And uh, the most frustrating moment for me, realization is in um, late January, the country of Taiwan was taking all the right measures. And they, they, they've had hardly any spread of the disease. Their businesses are they're go, they're going, their schools are going. And so they put in, right away, they put in mandatory quarantine, any travelers from infected areas, starting with uh, Wuhan. And 14 days, you know, they tracked you by a government cell phone that you had to have. And um, uh, everyone wears face masks there. So the frustrating thing is when Alberta, when Canadian parliamentarians um, were asking Dr. Teresa Tam in late January, you know, what should we do? You know, how can we protect ourselves in Canada? You know, should we put in a travel ban? She didn't even mention what was going on in Taiwan. She, did, did she not know about it? I mean, she had one job to know the best practices for Canada. And here are these the decision makers. They need this information to make the right decisions. They are counting on her. And she doesn't even tell them what Taiwan is doing. Like they don't, they're not experts. We're not experts, no one is. We need to know. We needed to know what the best practices were. Those, those Ottawa MPs needed to know it and they were not told that information. And I can't get over that. I just, that kind of 
lack of forthcomingness. Maybe she didn't know. She didn't know that's not good. If she did know and she didn't tell them, that's worse. But I'm guessing I have no idea what was going on, but very frustrating. Uh, by the way, according to Worldometers uh, today, Taiwan is up to 395 total cases of COVID-19. They've had six deaths. Uh, and uh, and they've been, you know, very prudent in terms of their approach to things. So, David, uh, one thing I think we can agree on that's going to result out of this is we do have an epidemic in this country. Yes, we're dealing with a pandemic, but we have an epidemic, and that's how poor some, and I don't want to say all, because there's some operators out there that are listening right now to the show that probably have real high standards for how they run their assisted living facilities, their old age homes, that sort of thing. And there's also, frankly, a degree of luck in some situations as to why the spread has occurred. But I think you would agree with me, we are going to see an increased level and standard moving forward as just... And, uh, and the example I'll give you, David, is what happened, uh, uh, unfortunately, two years ago uh, in Humble with the tractor-trailer unit that, uh, that killed 16 people on the Humble Broncos bus. And we've seen increased standards for drivers. And I think we're going to see increased standards for operators of, uh, of old-age homes, of nursing homes, and that sort of thing. Agree or disagree with that sentiment? Well, I, there's no doubt about it. There's like I'm not an expert on this file, so but I would say if you ask polled Canadian medical health officers across the country, if there's one thing you could do differently in this whole thing, I mean the, the border issue was outside of their control. But if there's one thing they could have done differently, it would have been to put in the, when there's a pandemic, put in better uh, safety protocols right away, and insist on them and be prepared, ready for them in these places. My understanding is in Quebec. That, that they moved people out of hospitals um, to um, because they thought it would be dangerous for them there and put them in some of these facilities where it turned out to be obviously kind of a breeding ground for this disease. So, uh, yeah, Bob, this is, this is you know, the, the majority of Alberta uh, deaths, I believe, uh, are from here. I think Dr. Tam said across Canada it's about half in these facilities. Um, you know, Part of the reason for that is the, the rest of the world is shut down, so other people aren't getting it because we're all self-isolating. You know, we're, we're right. being, being very cautious. But these people are still living in kind of like a you know like a uni- university residence, but they can't even isolate in their own apartments because they have staff coming uh, to and fro all day long in and out of their rooms. So it's just it's turned out to be this horrible situation, and uh, you know my heart goes out to anyone who's got a got a, a parent. In, in one of those situations, or to the people in, the, in them, must be awfully frightening. Uh, BC appear, and they're not testing on the same level of, as Alberta. Alberta actually has more COVID cases, COVID-19 cases in the province of BC. BC has uh, 50% more deaths at this stage, uh, but BC has blunted the curve a bit. Uh, Alberta is working on it again, a, a high yesterday, but that's because they're really aggressive in testing, specifically in Calgary. Um, all of that being said, the, the four Western Canadian provinces relative to, say, Ontario and Quebec, not in that bad of shape, David. But where I'm going with this is that's Canada. The United States right now, 
different challenges in different parts of the U.S. And today, Gary Bettman talked about summer hockey again. So I'm going to put you on the spot here. Delusions of grandeur uh, for Gary Bettman. Is he being the eternal optimist or is there reality to, uh, you know, the probability that we might see some summer hockey at a conclusion, in your opinion, to the 2019-20 NHL season? I've never seen Gary Bettman as a very sunny or optimistic person. He strikes me as kind of the most cold-eyed, rational operator, one of them around. So his quote today on uh, Fox Sports was, and he says, quote, my guess at this point is we're probably going to be playing into the summer, which is something that we can certainly do, unquote. And he's not guessing about anything. Like, oh, he, doesn't, he doesn't know. None of us know. But what they're planning right now, Bob, is and he's, he's saying playing into the summer, which means to me um, starting in June. And um, I'm sure they're pretty far along on plans to play in a quarantine area. And uh, we've already heard the North Dakota uh, rumor brought up by um, Elliot Freeman, who gets his facts right continually. Um, this statement from from. Uh, Batman just confirms, I think, that uh, plans are well underway, and uh, I, I don't see any reason why you can't do this. If all the players are in quarantine, they've all been tested, um, there's, there's ample testing for everyone at that point, and we see all these companies like Spartan out of uh, Ottawa coming up with these testing devices um, that, that you can move to uh, smaller locations um, to test. Um, I don't see why you couldn't proceed with this. It strikes me that the, the big issue for the NHL is there's going to be a huge haircut because I don't know when they're going to be able to play before fans. I have no idea about that. But I can't imagine that there's a reason that they won't be proceeding um, sometime in June with uh, the playoffs before um, uh, empty buildings with for the TV audience. And whether the only question I have is whether that's in a, like a smaller, isolated area or in in the hometowns like Edmonton, if there's no major spread here. And Edmonton, clearly, there's uh, there there's not a whole lot going on with the virus here right now. It is interesting because it's so jurisdiction related. You know what I'm saying, David? I mean, you know, I, and again, we're not, I don't want to pump our, like, it's pretty obvious that there's been some people in Alberta that have done some good things. We also benefit from the fact that we're spread out, we're spread out. We don't have massive density in our respective cities. Uh, we're, you know, Calgary has 66% of all cases in the province. Alberta has 22%. Calgary also has a way higher percentage of international flights that came into the province between, you know, January first until the mid middle of March, which may have been part of the reason why there was a higher initial uh, uh, result of, of COVID-19, respectively, in Calgary versus Edmonton. Uh, I, I just, you mentioned no fans, and there's a, there was a report yesterday, David, out of Harvard, where it said, you know, can't have mass gatherings until 2022. Your thoughts on that? Well, the, the, this Harvard study is done by some of the world's leading epidemiologists, and they they are looking deeply at the history of related uh, coronaviruses. You know, the, co the coronavirus is the common cold, and we have a long <laughs> knowledge and history with that. We know how the cold, how colds work, and they're thinking maybe this will be like other colds, and how this is going to play out. So, you know. <sighs> 
I, I, it's hard to know, Bob. Like, how could if there is a we still don't know the percentage of the people that are that, that get this disease that die from it what 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 the fatality is rate for the whole population so it's just kind of early to say now these are the most informed people who are making their best guess at it so if they're saying like you know i have the study in front of me here um you know they're talking about um critical care expanded is one of the keys um intermittent social distancing one of the keys um and where is the line about uh there's a line here about uh, big public gatherings as well i think and if they're saying it's going to be tough it's going to be tough that's the truth maybe they're going to have to have social distancing at the arenas where you know there's a people some people go to the games but they take your temperature on the way in and there's you know as every second seat is empty and every second row there's yeah. rows separating people maybe you can get six thousand people to go to the oilers game safely uh, who are all tested in that moment uh, as they're entering the building for their temperature and they all wear face masks. Maybe that's what it's going to look like. It's still a little bit early, but I don't think we're going to see hockey. This the, this playoff season, I don't think, will be pl- played before fans except for the millions of fans at home who would be, I think, overjoyed to watch hockey. In that situation, how much of a chance would the Oilers have? You mean the... the the team. Oh, if it? we started up, if with, with the current configuration of the team, twenty twenty one season or nineteen twenty season continues, could Edmonton win it? Well, it's it's hard to know. Like, if if we had had a regular, like I was thinking heading into the playoffs, the way that this team was constructed since Yamamoto came on and, and Adam Larson has been playing the best hockey of his career in the last few months gotten healthy again i think um this team can go as far as its goaltending will take it and that's a big question mark so you know really you know can smith or Koskin or both of them get hot or not because the rest of the team is there the rest of the team i think is close to a stanley cup quality team um since yamamoto joined and again larson's playing better everyone's healthy but the goaltending is you know average at best and could they get hot maybe um yeah, uh, I mean, I just think Adam Larson was playing out of this world hockey, Bob, and uh, I'd love to see him in the playoffs. I think he'd be—I think he'd be a beast. Well, we'd all love to see the playoffs. We'll have to wait and see how this plays out, David. How do people follow you again? Uh, for the, the sports stuff at D Staples on Twitter, and for the COVID stuff at David Staples Yeg on Twitter. All right. Uh, why do I have a feeling you might be writing about uh, reintegrating certain members? It sounds like we might have lost the big guy here. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, yeah you did. I think it's <laughs> uh, All right, David. We'll cut you loose. Appreciate the time and appreciate your flexibility this afternoon as well. Thanks, Brendan. Bye-bye. Uh, back into And with that, I suppose we'll throw to a break here on Oilers Now. We'll be back to wrap it up after this. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stopper on 630 Chad. 154 in Edmonton during the season and all season long. The Oilers Now Injury Report is brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Uh, Trent Brown, Jim Brown, and the staff at James H. Brown want to wish you and yours uh, uh, the best uh, during these challenging uh, times. Royal Pizza still making a great multiple locations to serve you, including the original Royal Pizza in Old Strathcona. Royal Pizza is Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years for a menu and a list of their 13 
Edmonton and area locations which have both pickup and delivery. You can reach royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The stop for recommendation at Royal Pizza is the Mediterranean chicken. To this day in Oilers history. Oh, this day really sucked. I remember it well. I can tell you exactly where I was when I was watching this. Yeah, sometimes we've got to mix in the bad stuff, too. It is also a part of the history. But back in 1989, the Kings defeat the Oilers 6-3 at the Forum in L.A. to eliminate the Oilers from the playoffs in seven games. Wayne Gretzky had two goals and an assist for the Kings, who advanced to the division finals against Calgary. Yes, I was at the Sawmill with my cousin Michael watching the Oilers lose Game 7 against the L.A. Kings, the city's uh, south side. So that was a heartbreaker. And then the uh, Flames ultimately knocked off L.A., went to the Stanley Cup Final and played Montreal. And I ended up having my summer job that year. Willing to bet he was going down the uh, tree planting path. In Manitowoc, Ontario. All right, technical difficulties. It's just one of those days. You know what, Bob? We're going to pot you down here, and we're going to wrap up the show. (laughs) What a show it's been. Appreciate you tuning in. A big shout-out to David Staples today, our Oilers now headliner for touchback safety tomorrow. Our usual heavy-hitting Thursday lineup, Sportsnet color analyst Louis DeBrusque. Sportsnet analyst Brian Burke for our friends at Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication, and solar. Planning on full two hours for you tomorrow, folks. Hope you join us then. Up next, a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 Chet Afternoons with Jalen Nice. So long from the 6.30 Chet Studios. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.